Oh, yeah. Just gonna let this marinate a little bit, okay? What's up, everybody? Brian Tong here. It's the Apple Bits XL, episode five for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. This show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com is the way that you can sponsor this show monthly, starting at $1 a month. This is the foundation, the building blocks, as I am now independent. So I appreciate you all for your support. We have also with the help of you, added voicemails. I kind of want to beef up the voicemails, so the way that you can call and be a part of the show like we have in the past, 1-833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Leave your name, where you're from, your questions, your comments related to the latest stories or anything you want to talk about. We got you. So that's how you can be a part of the show and contribute. Even if you want to correct me of something I said wrong or something you disagree on, we're all about that. The good apples, the bad apples, it's all here. Now we have been working to bring you new guests. This show isn't just about me. So we got a chance to sit down with Bloomberg's Mark German, the Apple newsmaker and newsbreaker. All right, guys and gals, I told you we were going to bring you a special guest. My man from Bloomberg uh, really... The Apple News, I don't know. Should I call you the godfather of Apple News now? Do you want me to call you that? <laughs> no, I thought that was you. <laughs> um, how, okay, godfather of Apple scoops without a doubt. That is, you are the man there. Just whatever you it. think. Just whatever you it. think. I just I just want to make sure that wherever I am, whether that was at 9 to 5 or if that's here now, is that we just do a great job as a team. So. Well, you guys are doing that's, awesome, so that's why you're here. And I appreciate you coming you. on. No, right. thanks for having me. Yeah, always. So, uh, Mark, you know, a lot of things happening. You guys have just been continuing to pump out a bunch of great stories and news. But I did want to talk about just at least for today and Wall Street is kind of freaking out about Apple. But also wanted to get your thoughts on this. Basically, because there was a lower projection by T- Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing about what they're going to be doing. And they kind of pointed the finger to that. Apple, they didn't outright call out Apple for being the reason of the decline in their estimates. They basically forecast their second quarter to hit somewhere around $7.8 to $7.9 billion. But Wall Street was estimating them at $8.8. So a billion dollar difference is a huge gap in forecasting. But also the smartphone industry itself declining. Maybe Apple seen a little dip here. Can you talk about you know what this means for Apple? Maybe some of the challenges that they've had and that they are having. You know, it's it's just the law of Apple being the biggest company when another company, a key partner like TSMC, or if it's one of the carriers, uh, has a concern. They're claiming that there is a mysterious phone maker or technology maker who are getting, you know, who are lowering estimates and such. You I mean, we know it's Apple, right? It's not Google. They don't sell enough Pixel phones for it to be Google. Samsung has their own, you know, vertically integrated supply chain, which is, you know, interesting for them. So, you know, it has to be Apple. So that's why the analysts point to Apple, because it's very likely it is indeed them. Does this also, you know, find investor schmessers, we like to talk about like the cool stuff and the gadgets and the news, People have, you know, people are happy with their iPhones, but we already had heard stories how, you know, the iPhone 10 may or may not be selling as well as Apple hoped, and it is, you know, at least in my in my feeling, their concept car version of the phone, it wasn't necessarily a full polished one, and we'll see what they how they kind of update it and really give it that next coat of finish, you know, in, in year two. 
But is that something that Apple has to be worried about? Or to your point, it's just because they're the biggest, any dip looks bigger than it feels like, and everyone wants it to continue to grow, but that can't always be the case? You know, I, I think that this is something that, you know, appears up from time to time where people are, are concerned about Apple. But I think at this point, they have a new strategy that they're going to be working on, that they're going to implement. I'm not going to get too much into it right now, because mm-hmm. I have my, my, my own work to do. Um, but yeah, it's a problem right now. They are facing some difficulties, clearly some struggles and challenges with the iPhone 10 and their iPhone business. And the problem is the company is built around it. So they really need to implement a solution here. It's are, uh, critical for them to fix this. Are, are you doing a little teaser that there might be a story coming out within the next few days that you're working on? Is that what I heard? <laughs> I can't get into that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we know you're dropping the knowledge. We know you're dropping yeah. the knowledge. Okay. Um, let's talk basketball. <laughs> hey, that's a that's a good deflection. Okay, I'll talk to you basketball after we you know go through a few <laughs> things. Yeah, I know you're messing around with me. Uh, you know this. So you know iPhone sales. Fine. We'll 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 see how it actually plays out over time. I you know Apple has a whole lot of casts are seen on. We, you and I both know Apple is in this iPhone 10 plan for the long run, whether or not it's quote unquote, and you know, a critical success or an outright sales success there. They are going to see this whole vision through of what they see the iPhone 10. I, I mean, you and I are kind of on the same page with that, right? Yeah. It seems like the iPhone 10 design is something they're banking on for the long run. I mean, we reported earlier this year that they're working on two new phones in addition to an update to the iPhone 10 that look like for all intents and purposes like the iPhone 10. So it's clearly something they're sticking to. It's something they believe in. Do they need big successes? You know, yes. Right. What was their last big success other than the iPhone and the iPad for in its infancy? Right. I mean, the iPad mm-hmm. in its infancy was topping 90 percent market share. It was destroying the competition. It basically, you know, kicked Motorola to the curb. It mm-hmm. destroyed Samsung's tablet business. Google hasn't even done anything in tablets, so Apple really dominated on the iPad. But then things started to turn around for the other device makers in the last few years. The iPad is not a 90% market share product anymore. The iPhone is seeing more competition than ever in China and in Europe. So this is something they're going to need to address and and own up to. Do you also think, just before we move on, that you know a lot of people um, almost immediately kind of have this knee-jerk reaction like, oh, well, that's when Steve Jobs passed away. Is it is it really a combination of the market and a little bit of Steve Jobs' vision leaving the company, or was this coming this whole time? Just these market dynamics. I just I just feel like we're in a period of time where it, we haven't been without a major new Apple product category in several years, right? So we had the phone in two thousand seven, the iPad in twenty ten, right? The Apple Watch really wasn't a new breakthrough category no right it wasn't it's relying on the iphone it it, it's starting to see some more success it's clearly impacting people's lives which is what they say they care about but in reality the sales numbers the revenue numbers they're just not there just not there for apple it's not the big hit they need do i know what that hit is i think so i think it's going to be whatever their play is in ar glasses uh between 2020 and 2022 2021 um, they certainly dabbled in self-driving cars. Um, they sort of kicked that to the curb as well for a bit. Um, but, they, you know, they need something, Brian. They really do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've said that for a while, too. If if they have any chance to kind of break through here, it, it will be their Apple glasses 
whatever that ends up looking like. But again, you know, that's still way, way out there. So we're not going to really know. Um, I did want to jump over to this story about, look, we have a lot of these customer satisfaction surveys that come out and a creative strategies put out this survey that pulled somewhere around like 2000 people or so and basically said that, hey, 97% of respondents have an overall customer satisfaction with the iPhone. They went through a bunch of features, uh, you know, that they were happy about things like the battery life, the quality of pictures. Those are all like over 90% easily. Face ID was there, uh, swipe based gestures. But what do you think? I don't even think you read this article, and this this is good. What do you think the pro the feature that had a twenty percent satisfaction rate, customer satisfaction rate was? What feature in that phone do you think it might have been? Probably Siri, right? <laughs> See, you don't even have was to it, read. You don't even was have to it twenty percent? It had a twenty percent customer satisfaction rate based on the respondents. Yeah, this seems a little low, um, as not great Siri is. Um, I think the biggest problem with Siri at this point is its name, right? Siri has been in the public discussion and popular culture as this voice assistant with big promise that hasn't really worked for about the past seven years. It's been seven years of problems for the company. Um, I think they need to just kill, you know, Siri as a product, um, reboot it around a, a new name, whatever it is say, hey, you know, Siri wasn't so great. This is this is something new. This is something new, made by a new team, um, a new structure, and this really works, and it's going to crush Alexa and Google Assistant. Um, I think that's their biggest problem right now. It's just the perception of Siri. No matter what they do to fix Siri, it will always be perceived as uh, a, a product not performing to expectations. It's funny, I you know, we don't talk all the time, but I'm like, man, people that listen to the podcast and listen to what you said, we literally say the same exact things. <laughs> like, <laughs> blow up, blow up Siri. You know, they just hired the head of Google's AI. You know, I don't know how to. Do you know how to actually pronounce his last name? I know it's like John. G, is it Gian Andre? I I don't even know the actual pronunciation. I think you're close. Gian Andrea. And, I think uh, you're close. Yeah. But the thing is that, you know, they have now they have the brains there. There is no way that he's coming in there to just keep Siri at the status quo, right? No, and they haven't really discussed what they're going to do with that unit, if he's going to take over Siri or it's just general AI. You know, my, my, my thought is that he would take over Siri, change the management structure there and rebuild it from the ground up. I mean, I think their biggest issue is like a few years ago, they came out and said, hey, we completely rebuilt Siri in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great now, right? But come on. The problem with Siri is that it's not updated on a regular basis. They wait for major iOS updates on an annual basis to to fix or upgrade the Siri functionality, whereas Siri should be its own operating system, a completely cloud-based feature that gets updated on a very regular basis, sort of like Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa, right? Siri is not playing in the same field. It just seems so behind in every, in different, in every facet. And something needs to change for the company's long-term um, success in this space. Clearly, voice assistants are going to be critical from anything from self-driving cars to the future of phones to AirPods to the Apple Watch. Everything is going to move to a voice-controlled you know, ecosystem. And they need to get that right because it's so core to the, to the, to the foundation of every, uh, every future product over the next five years. So after we talk about this back and forth, can Siri be fixed? Obviously, 
you know, Siri can be done. You and I are both saying, let's blow it up. I, I've always said, like, look, I don't care if it takes – it's going to take more than a year to rebuild her. Fine. If we – if you – just for your user base, you're still going to have that loyal Apple user base. But if you're going to blow her up and bring us something new, it really has to be in two years. Uh, you know, I don't think you can just flip a switch and completely restructure and even get it close to what is out there from a competition standpoint, except that you're going to be behind – but you're going to be behind, take, you know, one step backwards, two steps forward in this situation. Like, that's what they need to do. Yeah, I really don't see the alternative. They're going to have to restructure it for the long term. I think a really good analogy is the um, is the Philadelphia 76 or <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Apple needs to trust the process, right? What Philly did was they said, hey, we are going to strip this thing down and we are going to rebuild it for the long term. And now they have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. And they are going to be a future champion or a very long-term success for the next two decades. Apple needs to realize that it can't slowly move to improve this thing on an annual basis every June at WWDC. What they need to do is sort of tear it down and relaunch and... <laughs> Don't don't Build be a mid yeah. Don't be a middling team that's just about to be on the playoffs or get into the playoffs. Just blow it up. Just they have blow to. it up. No, they, they absolutely do. To. They have to. It's their future of their services business on the line, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not an easy fix, but if anyone has the money and the resources and the interest and the need, it's them. They'll get it done. They oh. really will, and it'll be great. It's just about doing it. No, I, I 100% agree with you. You know, the other aspect when we talk about Siri is, look, Siri not only finds they get a 20% customer satisfaction rate on this iPhone survey, but what was the biggest feature that everyone crapped on on the HomePod about, right? It was Siri. And Siri it, it's is key like, to the right? HomePod. It is. Yeah, yeah, and it's not great. Like sometimes I'll ask it for a particular song and it'll play a different song. I don't know if that's an Apple Music issue or a Siri understanding issue, but it is an issue. So yeah, I mean, I just look. You know, you you play with all these gadgets, and so do I. And having a Google Home and an Amazon Echo, there, it's not even that you're learning a new system, but just some of the things that your customer that you would expect it to just do. It just doesn't do. And even for me, it's compatibility with a lot of the smart home devices that I already have linked into my home. It just didn't work with them. And I'm like, well, that that's instantly like bunk. And when it's not even as robust as the Siri on your phone, that was the biggest red flag right away, right? Like, right, exactly. That was the biggest red flag right when that happened. I'm like, oh man, this is not going to be good. I'll still give it a chance. And then when you actually use it, you're like, this is not good. <laughs> It's disappointing. They had the opportunity to do something great, and they and they didn't. Remember, Apple was first with voice assistants. They beat yep. Alexa and Google Assistant to the market by, by, I believe, three to four years. Yep. Yet they now feel like they're three to four years mm-hmm. behind, and that's a, you know, it's like a, it's like you blow a layup, the other team um, gets the ball and goes up the court and shoots a three pointer and makes it. <laughs> you should have made that layup, and they shouldn't have made that three. If it's a five point swing. For no reason. So I, I think we're going to rename this. I think from now on, anytime you and I get together, um, we're going to f- call this uh, uh, Apple Ball, Apple B-Ball bit, because uh, this, this is the Apple B-Ball show, baby. Well, I, I like to take anything Apple-related and, and give it a basketball metaphor. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we are, we are both NBA junkies. Uh, if you follow Mark Gurman on Twitter, isn't it just – it's just at Mark Gurman, right? 
I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll, you'll see all that. All right, Marco, we're going to take a quick little breather just to give a break uh, and show some love to our sponsor. Guess what? You know that I am totally independent now, so our sponsor is our listeners and what they can do to help support this show. If you love content like this and more, go check out patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You can sponsor the show for just just to jump in for a dollar a month or if you feel like we're worth like a cup of coffee, five dollars a month and that's a monthly reoccurring thing you help support this show and you help us create great content and this will also help kind of build me up to get my video stuff launched and rolling so uh patreon.com slash brian tong mark i think you're worth a cup of coffee my man you are you are that (laughs) valuable for me so uh thanks again for hanging out here we have a few more stories that we kind of want to talk about look you guys have been like so busy with so many things going on I wanted to touch upon the story about Apple planning to use their own chips in Macs, um, which you reported on, and and how that'll kind of evolve over the course of their products. You know, you know the report says Apple is using its own chips in Macs. Uh, you know, looking to do that uh, in 2020 or somewhere around there, replacing Intel. We've seen Apple clearly become a chip company from the iPhone um, to look the W1 chip in the AirPods and also I think I can't remember it was it do they call it like the T1 chip or like the T chip in the Apple MacBooks yeah right yep. you might be able to I was like yeah you you know this off the top of your head but um, can you talk about just what you've seen over the years um, as well as your story about Apple's evolution of just really taking control of this space so Apple is the one consumer electronics design company, software company to, on a consumer level, be able to pull off a chip making division with really incredible success. They started with the iPhone and iPad chips in 2010. And now, like you said, they have Mac chips for like the coprocessors for security and such. Uh, they have the wireless components. They have the Apple Watch chip. It's really remarkable what their chip business has been has been doing, and now they want to take that to a new level uh, and replace Intel. And I think it's a bigger deal than it for Intel than it is for Apple, because for Apple, we've known they've been coming uh, down this road already. It's it's been expected now. Uh, for Intel, it's a real problem, uh, at least a little bit of a problem for now, given Apple's only about five to seven percent of their Intel's market share. Uh, for chip sales, but it's significant in the fact that Apple's trying to go all on this alone. I feel like, you know, if you have to rely on another company or another person's business or whatnot, you're not in full control for yourself. You're not doing the best you could for your investors, and the best is to be wholly independent as possible. And that's what Apple's strategy under Tim Cook has been, doing as much themselves as they can in order to, to really bank on themselves for their future. Yeah, I think that's an interesting interesting point that you just bring up. Like Tim Cook's background is the supply chain. And so he saw, you know, if there's one place where he can elevate Apple and it, it clearly you can see kind of this is some of at least his DNA. He may not be the biggest vision guy. I'll say that right out of the bat. I have no problem saying he's not really a vision guy. But from a supply chain aspect, Apple becoming dependent on themselves to produce this stuff makes them more efficient, allows them to integrate the software and hardware. And to your point, right, they don't need to rely on anyone. And Tim Cook saw how ugly and difficult that can be historically when even um, issues with manufacturing enough of Apple's OLED screens, you know, there were reports, again, I don't know this firsthand, that their LG display is having issues pumping out enough and they're still most likely going to be dependent on Samsung display for, you know, their display parts. But that that in itself is an in you know 
just speaks to the point of if you can manufacture the parts components yourself, you can plan that out in forecasting. You can plan that out in inventory and getting your units out. You have so much more control and it just makes you a better company. I, I, I completely agree. And um, I think they realized that earlier on. And I think you're going to see more companies trying to go down that road. You see Facebook and Amazon and all these guys now playing in that in that same space, doing their own chips, doing their own bottom line stuff in order to really you know, create you know, long-term success, not short-term. Do you think, though, it's really that easy for Apple to all of a sudden just jump in and say, hey, we have our own new CPU chip, or do you think it's something where they might ease into it? You know, with we already know they have the, uh, you know, the the A whatever number X processor specifically for the iPad Pros, um, you know, that give it a little extra juice boost. But what about, you know, from a standpoint of just making a processor just for a laptop, would they possibly start maybe, you know, more on the entry level side first before they just go, they can't just say, hey, all of a sudden, boom, all of our computers are Apple processors. Yeah, I think so. The, 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 yeah, the latter is not going to happen. They're going to have to go gradual. They'll probably start with the MacBook Air laptops, yeah. or probably by the time they do this, there won't be a MacBook Air. Um, <laughs> so, no, seriously. Yeah, so yeah, they'll, no, no, to, yeah. they'll, they'll start with whatever the low end is uh, and move up onto the line. I mean, how long is it going to be before we see an iMac Pro uh, with an Apple chip? Five years, 10 years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. These things, they can't degrade the quality for their consumer. Uh, while doing this, you can't really sacrifice. That was the problem with Apple Maps, right? When they wanted to move away from Google and shift to their own in-house maps, right? They blew it because Apple Maps wasn't as good as or better than Google Maps. Mm-hmm. You can't replace something that's worse than what you currently with something that's worse than what you currently have, or else you are going to be in big trouble with your cu- customers. You have to wait until they're on par uh, or if, until it exceeds it. Yeah, and, or offer both. True, true, exactly, right? Off, like integrate both or give customers the option so at least they won't be – I think people get more mad about the fact that when you use something like the you know, the Safari browser or other things or like Yelp even, sure, you can copy and paste that address. But you know when it's integrated directly in the system to just go to directly to Apple Maps and for the record, like I have used Apple Maps. If, you know, I like to check in on it once in a while and it is a whole lot better but guess what? I still use Google Maps. Because that perception is still there. Right, right, right. And They could have avoided this whole Apple Maps thing. I know we're going back in time six years, but all they had to do was launch it on the App Store and keep Google Maps pre-installed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we won't even be talking about it right now. And just And then just get it to the point where it was you know, at least unique enough or had some of those unique features or, you know, some of that, those unique integrations that, hey, you can use this if you want to. And then when there was, they felt like it was up to snuff, yeah, like put it out there. But it's not, you can't just launch an, a Maps app for the very first time and think you're going to be able to compete with Google Maps. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen like that. So you're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, the other thing that I, you know, Tim Cook kind of, said and it was reported recently we know you know in regards to Macs and the iOS you guys have reported of how they're working to build apps not in, you know not the entire system yet but apps that run on both Mac OS and iOS devices you know Tim Cook still is doubling down on this fact that they're not going to merge a Mac and an iPad because they they say you know it would result in compromises i always my first thing is like the Surface Book, the Surface Pro is successful. You could, there's so many people that are clamoring for that. 
But when I think about it, and even a, one of our listeners, Shamar, has written in and said, look, one of the reasons maybe why they don't even do it, why they don't merge a Mac and an iPad-type device is because it would, it would kill the fact that they make sales from both of these categories. Is there something to that of why Apple is so resistant to just give us something? That I think a lot of people are actually just asking for now. Of course. I mean, if they merge the iPad and the Mac, then they won't be able to sell you an iPad and a Mac, which would hurt their bottom line. <laughs> which is what and I buy. Have, <laughs> right. And they have a responsibility to investors to keep keep their revenue numbers growing every year. Like Apple is in trouble if their revenue numbers start falling annually. It has not happened. They have had holiday quarters, topping holiday quarters for as long as I could remember. Mm-hmm. Probably not since the early Steve Jobs return days has that been a, a problem. So that's not going to happen. Now, in terms of our reporting, um, I think that merging app ecosystems, allowing iOS apps to run on Macs, is completely different in every which way than merging macOS and iOS. It's just two different things. Apps are just layers on top of the operating systems. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that makes it, I mean, it makes it kind of like, I don't want to say a tease or a baby step in that direction, but it's like, okay, we're, we're kind of going there, but they'll, how about this? Let's, let's have a, let's have a friendly, let's have a friendly gentleman's bet. What do you, even though they are so against this right now, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there and say that in five years, which is, which is so long for tech in five years, we'll see a merged touchscreen macbook pro do you think so or not i'll leave the betting to you um <laughs> i'll just be i'll just say i'd be shocked if they continue down this, right? this path um you know forever right like you said five years is a, it's a lengthy period um I th- something will something will have to give did did you like the touch bar on the new macbook pros or not i was never a fan of it from day one there's some people that were like just so excited about it. And then when they started using it, they told me, they're like, uh, yeah, this annoys the crap out of me. Like, are you a fan of that f- that feature? It just, I, I don't have a MacBook Pro with a touch bar personally, so I haven't used it much. Um, You've made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends and family um, who have them. I mean, I've used it quite a bit for someone who doesn't have one. Um, but it just feels like a, a solution without a problem. Yeah. Right? I don't think people were asking for a touch bar on the keyboard. I think they were asking for a touch screen. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. it's not really clear what problem uh, it solves. And to me, I, I guess, you know, I don't know. When I look at that thing, I I know people just hate it when we talk like this, but I just don't think SJ would have ever said that was a good idea. Like, Because like you said, it doesn't solve a problem. It's just there. It's like, hey, we've got touch functionality on this key strip that's lit up that has no haptic feedback that you have to like press a few times just to get to your volume level up and down it's like come on guys like i just i just never even when they're like oh you can scroll through your photos or your timeline with final cut pro no one's gonna no one's really gonna edit on final cut pro with the touch bar it's a bit confusing it really is it's like it's like all over the place so so yeah like you said if they don't do it it'll it would be a shock if they don't if they don't change kind of their mentality about this and they, they have in the past changed their minds on things. So we'll see what that happens. This last, this last um piece of the puzzle that, you know, or just story that you and I have been talking about 
is Apple's plan to launch a new subscription service. I thought this was a cool article because, sure, it may Thank not you. be this. It was because it may not be the sexiest um, gadget story. But look, I was someone who, when they first saw the news app on the iPad, I was like, there's no way I'm going to use that. And then guess what app I use on my iPad a whole bunch? The news app. You know, I have an iPad Pro 12.9. I travel a lot. It is like my magazine slash newspaper slash comic book reader. Um, can you talk a little bit about this story? Sure. It's a big deal. I mean, Apple News, like you said, it has gotten quite good. I am someone who uses Apple News every few days. I think that it does a good job of showing the news that you're looking for. And I can tell you, there are some times where I'm looking at Apple News, I'm like, wow, that is a cool story. I'm mm -hmm. glad I saw it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have found it anywhere else. Totally agree. So kudos to that. Uh, in terms of the subscription, what I think it's going to be is basically the ability to pay a flat fee every month, whether that's four ninety nine or nine ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine or ninety nine cents, to be able to get full access to every different news organization currently in Apple News that has individual subscriptions. In addition to that, deeper integration with magazines after the acquisition of Texture uh, in March. So I think pulling that all together will be the Apple News subscription service, and it'll be another leg of the stool for their larger yeah. uh, subscription strategy. So I think it's a, it's a great move. It's to be seen how successful it is, uh, but it's it's clearly a direction they're moving toward. Yeah, I, I really I really do like the idea of it. I subscribe to magazines, and um, I, I just, I'm just really curious to see what direction that goes in. Okay, uh, Mark, before we uh, leave here, I did want to ask you personally, um, you know, we, we've talked about how there hasn't necessarily been a massive hit from Apple lately. Um, I, I love the Apple Watch Series 3 personally just because of how it's evolved. And now I'm like, I'm totally behind it. But is there any product over the past year or so or roughly around there that you've really enjoyed from Apple personally? You know, I mean, to the Series 3 point about the Apple Watch... Imagine if it was completely standalone. It didn't require any pairing to a phone. Oh, God. Right? You were able to completely use it out of the box. Um, with no need to connect it to a phone. It would be great, right? It would yeah. be great. Yeah. Sales would go up dramatically. Imagine if they made it Android compatible as well. Oh, imagine. That's a great, that's great imagination, Mark. <laughs> yes. It would, be, it would be a bigger hit. I really, I really believe that. Yeah. So is but is that one of the products that you actually like, or just personally, which one, which product has stuck out for you that you've actually enjoyed? I mean, the iPhone ten's a fine phone. Um, the AirPods, they're they're quite good. My AirPods case has gotten a little bit too dirty for my liking. A little um, beat up. A little beat up. The colors have sort of started to change. The white sort of fading into a gray. Well, that's perfect because um, it's time to get in. You know, the next one that you can charge the case on your uh, power. <laughs> On, on yeah, the new so pad, right? So where is that? You where know, where is the, it? I'm I'm wondering too. 230 days or 227 days away uh, since it's been announced. Um, so I'm looking forward to those. Uh, but you know, the iPhone 10. I'm not. I'm not from a design perspective and a functionality perspective. You know, it's not bad. I still think Touch ID is better than Face ID. Agreed. Uh, but the screen is great. Yeah, I, I'm totally there with you. So. Hey, Mark, you know, um, thank you so much for your time. I know that we'll do this again and just want to say, you know, keep up the great work. And for everyone that's wondering, you can follow him on at Mark German on Twitter. Uh, Mark, are you still doing any video series right now or is that is that what's going on with that? Do you want to pick yes. anything? 
Um, follow me on Twitter for now. We are shifting it a bit. We're going to do something. Uh, we're, we're upgrading it right now. So I'm sort of behind the scenes working on it. Uh, but we'll get there, and I would love to come back and, and talk about it. Um, but on a personal note, I am so happy for you. This is awesome. <laughs> this is a great podcast. Uh, this is super exciting, and I'd love to come on again. And this is this is great stuff, man. Oh so, man, the door's always open. Thank you, thank you so much, Mark. I do. I totally appreciate that. So uh, there you go, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mark Gurman, thanks so much for hanging with us, buddy. Thanks. All right, so there you have it. A little some some different here on the Apple Bits. XL. Thanks so much again to Mark Gurman. He will not be the last person we interview. He will be the first, but we've got plenty more planned down the road. Once again, thank you so much for supporting the show, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And you can be a part of this show by calling in. That's 1-833-888-ABXL. That's 1-833-888-ABXL. Just leave your name, where you're from, your question, your comments, your rebuttals. We'll take it all. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, be safe, and it's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Yeah.